This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Car. Pass the war quickly. Down to six seconds. Car going down again. And it's Quentin Williams this time for the Jets. Well, Michael, it's official. New York Jets have blown their chance at Trevor Lawrence, the number one overall pick, by upsetting the Cleveland Browns, their second upset in a row and their second win of the season. They've locked themselves into that number two overall pick. How are you feeling? I mean, I'm, I'm still feeling pretty optimistic. I think having that week after the Rams game to kind of rationalize, accept this new reality was very beneficial. And now that this is over going into week 17, um, I'm, I definitely still feel really good about the future of this team, but I, I do tend to have an optimistic mindset. So I, I think um, some it, people, I think some people may dis- disagree with that. Well, I mean, I beg to differ. I think that my body of work with positivity speaks for itself, but <laughs> I mean, even, this is a big loss for sure, but I, I think there are still a lot of very legitimate reasons, you know, which we're going to go over the main point of this podcast, but there are a lot of very legitimate reasons to still feel good about where this team is heading. Yeah, let's talk about them because I think Jets fans, they need a little bit of an uplifter because right now it feels like we all hope is lost. Let's start with some of the reasons to be optimistic about this team and why Joe Douglas's project here of, of rebuilding the Jets isn't lost. The Jets still could find themselves being Super Bowl contenders five years down the line. Even though they lost the perceived generational talent in Trevor Lawrence, let's start with the quarterback position because that's where this thing all started. Why are you still optimistic about who will be under center for the Jets in 2021? Obviously, there's a decision there to make with Sam Darnold and the other rookie quarterbacks in this class, but just kind of break down why. Obviously, it's a drop-off from Trevor Lawrence to whoever it will be, but it is not sentencing the Jets to have a, a terrible quarterback in 2021. Yeah, I think there's definitely a lot to like with both Zach Wilson and Justin Fields as options at that number two spot. And I don't think – I think they are both – worthy of being the number two pick not just because they're quarterbacks but because they're actually worthy of going that high in the draft as players as for fields i think i think people are overreacting a little bit to his past few games they were definitely very legitimate poor games um the two the past three he had against indiana and northwestern the picks he threw were very bad but so they were legitimate but before those these past past three games, he was pretty much seen as the consensus 
number two quarterback and largely seen as better than most prospects in recent memory, other than Trevor Lawrence, you know, maybe the number one quarterback in most recent classes. So there's a lot to like with him, big question marks past few weeks, and he'll have a chance to reverse those in the playoff against Clemson. So I, it would be good to see that from a fan perspective, just yeah. to have another yeah. option. Could, could you imagine if Justin Fields wins that game? Yeah, it, it's going to be so crazy. It, we're, we're not going to get it with the the intrigue, with the race still going on at that point, but it, it, it will be interesting that, that it's a huge chance for him to get back on track. But then with Zach Wilson, obviously a guy who has been a huge riser this season, um, you know, there are question marks, the competition, his size, his shoulder surgery, and of course being a late riser. But what he's done this season is very legitimate, uh, very legitimate stuff in terms of, the NFL tra- canopy transition to the NFL there. He's had so many tight window downfield throws. His escapability is really good. The production is obviously amazing, not just from a box score perspective, but advanced stuff like his PFF grades, his QBR, his accuracy, all really good. So Zach Wilson has had a fantastic season. And I've talked to Joe Blewett. He's watched a lot of his all 22 film. He really likes him as the number two quarterback right now. So I think both these guys are great options at that number two spot. If you're still looking for a quarterback, then I think you could take either of them at number two and feel really good about building around them. If there's anything we've seen in this league in both this season and the past few years, it's that you don't necessarily need the best quarterback prospect to develop a star. You, I think it's ideal to get a really good one. Not that you could take someone in the third, fourth round and develop them all the time. Obviously there are exceptions, like your Russell Wilson's of the world. But for the most part, you get a very good quarterback prospect. He could be the fifth pick, 10th pick, whether it's Justin Herbert, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, whoever it is, you get a really good quarterback prospect, even if they have flaws, but you build around them and you be patient. He can be really good. And the Jets failed to do that with Sam Darnold. That's why he's very broken right now and needs a lot of fixing, which is not an enticing thing for a new head coach and for a team trying to rebuild. And that's why they need to move on from him just because he's gone so low because of the things they failed to do at the beginning. But now they have a chance to start over with a new guy and build around him the right way from the beginning with Joe Douglas. And I think both Zach Wilson and Justin Fields are more than talented enough to be franchise quarterbacks if built around the right way. Obviously the odds are lower than Trevor Lawrence. Their floors are lower. They're not as complete. Their odds of succeeding are not as good that those are facts but they can still be very good. Their ceilings are very high, both of those guys. So I, I feel good about both of them. Specifically, Wilson right now is my guy, but I think Fields should definitely be given a chance. Well, let's see what he does against Clemson and see if he could take back that QB2 spot. Yeah, I'm sure the whole Zach Wilson and Justin Fields debate will be beaten to dead um, the next four months in this podcast. And maybe there'll be some flip-flopping. We just talked about how Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields do play each other for, I was going to say one final time, but they're sure they'll meet again in the NFL. Those two have been competing against each other all the way since high school. They've been the two guys in the class. And a guy like Zach Wilson is just somebody who's come out of nowhere. And I agree. There are some concerns with, you know, having a guy go from BYU, a one-year superstar. That might not necessarily be true, but certainly this past year has been far greater production-wise than anything else he had done at BYU to then going to the Big Apple and having to be the quarterback of the New York Jets. Um, especially having to follow somebody like Sam Darnold, who was hot shit, came from LA, was supposed to be the number one overall pick, and then the Jets completely broke him. 
obviously different situations. And the biggest thing that you talked about right there, you talked about how you don't necessarily have to have the number one overall pick to get a, an elite quarterback prospect and then to develop him into an elite quarterback. Um, and I think the biggest part of that, and, and we knew this when we were talking about Trevor Lawrence, but the biggest part of that is the coaching hire. And that trumps all of it. And I think that was part of the reason that we wanted Trevor so badly is because we felt that they could get a, a better coaching candidate. But you look around, there's a lot of really good coaching candidates this cycle. You and I have talked about Arthur Smith since day one. Brian Dable from Buffalo is very popular. Um, I think Robert Sala from San Francisco, you look what he just did to, to Arizona's offense on Saturday. Uh, Wink Martindale, that's not even talking about Eric Bieniemy. Um, there's a lot of really talented head coaching prospects um, that the Jets could hire, even if they don't have Trevor Lawrence. I think the Jets are still an intriguing spot for a future head coach. Michael, one week from now, Adam Gase will no longer be the head coach of the Jets. Who are some of the guys that you, that you want us to see them, them interview? I think Arthur Smith, and, and keeping it, I guess, somewhat real, realistic, because we talked about last week, well, if they don't get Trevor, who are some of the guys that fall off their board? And I think, for me, I said, well, obviously, Bill Cowher. Um, I don't even know who's on the board to begin with. I think a guy like Brian Dable, I think, I think he'll probably go to LA. I think that's the most attractive spot. I think Jacksonville is probably number two and I'd say the Jets are number three. So our guy, Arthur Smith, Michael, I think, I mean, he's, he's been pretty quiet the last few weeks. It seems like he, if he gets an interview and get in the room with Joe Douglas, they could talk about offensive line play. Is Arthur Smith realistic? Who are some of the guys that, that you want the Jets to interview next week? Um, when you talk about the most important part about this Jets rebuild, which is the head coaching position. Right. I, I think the interesting thing in that, in terms of uh, not getting the number one pick and this head coaching search with this particular pool of potential candidates is that, look, it would have been great. And this is going to sound like now we're rationalizing, accepting what we has are. happened to this point, which we is are. exactly what we're doing. <laughs> but this isn't really a class of candidates where there's a clear hot shot number one candidate that you have to get. There are a lot of solid candidates and and look, the league has its opinions. There are going to be guys who are seen as the number one in the league, whether that's your Biennemi, Dable, Matt Campbell, whoever it is. We don't really know who that guy is going to be. And in terms of the league's view on them, that guy's probably going to Jacksonville now, whoever it is. But this is a deep, it can be a deep class of head coaching candidates. And there should still be someone left, someone good left for the Jets. And I'm, I think the thing, biggest thing for me is that the, even though the Jets are not an attractive spot in terms of, you know, it, this is a team that is, you know, had a very bad season, has struggled for a long time, has had, you know, some question marks with ownership, things like that. But I think Joe Douglas and his connections in the league should really help. This is a guy who's been a Super Bowl champ in two places, has had a lot of success in this league, and just seems to really be a respected presence in the league and seem to have a lot of connections around the league. And I think that should really help them as the team in a position that is not very promising right now. So I'm confident in what Douglas will do for them. But the guys, like you said, I think Arthur Smith, maybe this could help him slip through the cracks to them. I don't think he would have been that number one candidate if they got Trevor Lawrence, but now as King and Arthur that's, fans, that's, that's not a, that's not a terrible more thing. Likely. Well, we're, uh, not to cut you off. Uh, Cause I definitely want you to finish, but we're talking about the quarterbacks. And a lot of times it's been, you know, 2017 is the obvious case that Mitch Trubisky goes number one and then Pat Mahomes and Deshaun Watson are two and three. A little bit different because Trevor Lawrence is the guy. But that's been the case with head coaching hires as well. I mean, you remember 
the, the Indianapolis Colts had essentially hired Josh McDaniels. He pulls out the last minute. They have to pivot to a guy named Frank Reich, and he turns out to be one of the better head coaches in the league. There's been a lot of examples of guys who's, who kind of go fly under the radar, maybe aren't as big names, then end up being terrific coaches. And I think Arthur Smith is one of those guys. Just, just not to cut you off, I just wanted to get that out there because the similarities between they're losing Trevor Lawrence, so they're losing a top quarterback prospect, and they're losing potentially a top head coaching prospect, but there's still other very good quarterback and head coaching prospects that can come to New York and help build this program into a winning one. Yeah, exactly. There, It's a deep class, and I don't think it's really – it's a deep one, not top-heavy one. So it still would have been great to be in the Jaguars' position, but I think the Jets are fortunate to where they're, they should have a lot of solid options. And you look at guys like, in addition to Arthur Smith – Now I think you could start looking at guys like Wink Martindale from the Ravens, again, with the Douglas connection. I think he becomes a possibility, and it's not the most intriguing option in the world, but there are positives, I think, just because of, again, that Douglas connection. uh, And some of the work Martindale's done over there is pretty good. So uh, I think there are a lot of options. And you mentioned Dable. I think the Rams do make sense. Or uh, not the Rams, the Chargers are a team that makes sense for him. But and he could be one of those top guys and go somewhere else. But if if not, Jets are a good option. Uh, the work he's done with Allen is great. If Matt Campbell wants to come to the Jets, if he still entertains them, even as a non Lawrence team, definitely should be on the radar. But there are a lot of good options. Todd Munkin, um, Pat Fitzgerald. There are there are so many. So I think that as long as Douglas is really as well connected and respected as it seems he is, then the Jets should still be in a good spot. And also. Robert Sala from San Francisco. Again, he might be a top candidate. So I don't know if he would even consider the Jets, but if he's available or would consider them, definitely is another great candidate. So yeah, but but what 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 jobs are better than the Jets? I would say the Chargers, and at this point I would say Jacksonville. But outside of that, what job would you rather have than number two overall pick, competent GM, New York, maybe a plus or a minus for whoever you're talking about, but tons of assets and tons of uh cap space. I mean, that's a, that's a positive situation. And, and some guys may be uh, you know, afraid of going to New York um, and would rather be in a place like Jacksonville. But I think New York is still a selling point. The fact that if you win here, you're going to be a legend. I think that is a dream for, for a lot of coaches. I would say that the Jets are the third most attractive spot. Is there, is there another one that, that I'm forgetting? I mean, I mean, maybe Houston with Deshaun Watson is just uh, the fact uh, that you can coach him. Okay. But, I mean, they do have a lot of other question and marks. And- I t- that roster does not have a lot of talent and ownership is, seems kind of questionable there. So they don't have their first pick either. And they don't have their first round pick, which is a great point. Maybe the Falcons, but you have an aging quarterback there, a team that doesn't have a lot of cap room or flexibility. So, I mean, the jets, like they're not a great landing spot, but a team that's firing its head coach probably isn't in a good position. And there right. aren't many teams out there. that will have an opening that is amazing. So, and I think I could probably right in the mix. I think you and I could probably both name five or seven head coaching candidates that we'd be very happy with. Um, and there's going to be only five to seven jobs. I mean, look, the Jets could go out of their way and hire somebody like Marvin Lewis that we'd both be pretty upset with. Um, Adam Gay certainly came out of nowhere, but I, I trust the Johnsons to just give Joe Douglas control in this head coaching hire. This will make or break Joe Douglas as a GM, maybe not completely, but he needs to get this hire right if he wants to, to build his vision as, as the best culture uh, and, and all of sports. We've talked a little bit about the QB position. We've talked about the, the head coaching um, spot. 
But the biggest reason to be optimistic about this Jets future is Joe Douglas and what he has this offseason in, in free agent capital uh, and, and assets in the NFL draft. Let's start with free agency. A lot of good free agents this year. A lot of free agents are going to hit the market this year that aren't currently free agents just with the decreasing salary cap and the fact that the Jets are one of the few teams that are going to be able to spend. Um, where would you like to see Douglas uh, to invest this offseason in free agency? Uh, and why is, is this another one of those things where, look, all hope is not lost. Look at what Joe Douglas has done last season and look what he has uh, in front of him this season, specifically in that cap space in, the, in those draft assets. Yeah, and I think, and before talking about the targets, I think Douglas has to be mentioned as one of the reasons to be optimistic. We already talked about the connections, how he could help them there, but the body of work in terms of evaluation is starting to look pretty good. This draft class, I mean, Becton speaks for himself. Mims has cooled down a bit lately, but I think the, the upside is clearly there. Bryce Halls continues to get better and looks like a very high upside guy for a fifth round pick. And, you know, for the most part, and what he's done with undrafted free agents is pretty good. Javelin Guidry has been impressive. Um, Bryce Huff has shown his share of flashes. So this is a, and Ashton Davis obviously was starting and showing some flashes of his own. So his draft class is looking pretty good right now. Obviously it takes years till you can fully judge it, but right now it looks really good. Guys like John Franklin Myers, I mean, he's done some good stuff. A lot of the problems with this team have more so to do with what he inherited than what he's done since he came in. That doesn't mean he's completely off the hook. He's made a share of mistakes, but he definitely has shown a lot of promise in terms of evaluation ability. Um, But in terms of free agency, there's a lot of reasons to be optimistic there. Um, The cap space is obviously always great to have, but this off season is going to be even better than usual just because the cap going down, the Jets being at the top of the leaderboard in terms of cap space will be even better because there are going to be less competitors, less teams that can spend, and they're going to be cutting players to make more space, get under the cap. They're not going to be retaining as many impending free agents to get under the cap. So the Jets are going to be able to be really flexible in free agency, and there are good talents at positions where they have need. You'll get the edge rusher spot. There are so many good options there. Romeo Okwara, Carl Lawson, Kerry Hyder. If they're looking for a 4-3 defensive end, if they're looking for an outside linebacker, and Gakwe, Judon, Bud Dupree, Shaq Barrett, if he does shake free, which I doubt, but if he does, the Jets should be all aboard on him. So there are a lot of good options there. You look at cornerback, very deep. You look at guard, you have Scherf from Washington, Joe Tooney from the Patriots. And the Jets are going to be able to be really competitive at all these positions because of the unique situation uh, of the cap uh, of the cap going down because of everything that happened in 2020. So free agency you can be fool's gold. It really very consistently is. But in this position, the Jets have a lot of holes to fill and they're going to be able to bring in a lot of talent to plug those holes. And there are young, legitimately good players available, guys who are you know, more than just, you know, attractive based on name, Pro Bowls, like your Tremaine Johnsons of the world. There are good, productive young players right. available. So I think the Jets should benefit a lot on the free agent market. But but what do you what do you think in well, terms of free agency, in terms of what do you think their top priority is going to be on the market? Because I keep thinking about that. What is the first priority going to be? Because Douglas doesn't seem like the big spending type. So where is he going to look first with so many big holes? Well, certainly... 
um, and you hit the nail on the head that the free agency can't be fool's gold. And I think you're going to see a similar approach that Douglas had last year, but I do think he's going to be more aggressive um, because he, you know, any GM that is coming off of realistically, uh, I guess he was very close to being an 0 16 season, but probably a two and 14 season. He's going to be aggressive. He's not going to sit back and wait. Um, I would say edge rusher. I think there's quite a few edge rushers that you could sign and I'd still, I would draft one as well, but when you can add it to a defensive line that includes Quinton Williams, Foley Fadakasi and John Franklin Myers. And it's not just the optimistic Jets fan in me that says that's a good defensive line. Two of those three guys maybe might not be known by the NFL media. And a lot of times when that happens, maybe the fan base is overhyping them, but Foley Fadakasi and John Franklin Myers are legitimately good. They're having legitimately great seasons. Yeah. yeah. It, and it, it's not even hype. John Franklin Myers is pressure rate second best among interior D linemen behind Donald and Fadakasi is the number one graded uh, run defender at PFF among interior D line and Quinn Williams speaks for himself. So that is a really, really good core. So that's, what's so exciting about adding an edge if you bring a good edge rusher in, you already have that that that, that much talent on the interior. There are going to be so many opportunities for that guy to have one-on-one matchups, right. and he's going to absolutely dominate. And it depends what type of head coach they bring in, defensive coordinator, what type of system they're going to run. But, yeah, I would definitely sign one of those edges. Hassan Reddick was a guy that I had mentioned a few months ago as a guy I'd like to target. And now he's had, like, he had that five-sack game, and he had the kid two sacks. And so now he, he might be a guy who's going to get really paid – I may avoid a guy like that. I think that's what you're going to see Douglas do is he's going to that target that that uh, B-level free agent and just try to get quantity maybe over quality. I think the one place he might splurge would be Joe Tooney. I think he will try to attack and get one of those da- uh, guards in the fold because if, if it's Sam Darnold, if it's Justin Fields, if it's Zach Wilson, if he can go to next year with his offensive line as Makai Becton, Joe Tooney, Connor McGovern, whether it's Trey Smith, Wyatt Davis, and, you know, a rookie right there, and George Fant, that's a good offensive line and a, another huge step in the right direction of, of, of what we know Joe Douglas wants to build. So I think he'll spend on Tooney or Scherf, whichever one he can get. I think he should sign an edge rusher, and I think he should sign a corner. Obviously, there's a ton of holes, and the Jets are probably two years away from being a legitimate competitive team. Um, but I guess the point of this podcast so far is at least at least just been all hope is not lost. Sure, the the – confidence that the jets were going to be a great team has certainly shrunk a little bit because now there's more decisions that they have to get right. It's not as much of a layup as, as Trevor Lawrence, they're going to have to make a choice between Zach Wilson and Justin Fields. Um, and they're going to have to get that choice, right. Or Sam Darnold or Trey Lance or whoever it's going to be, but there's still a very good path for the jets to succeed. And when you talk about the NFL draft and maybe we could delve into the quarterbacks a little bit here um, more with that pick, Michael, what do you think is, is the best? I mean, I, look, it depends who they bring in as a head coach. I think Wink Martindale, if I had to guess one week out from when the Jets will start interviewing, the Jets probably won't hire a guy for, what, two or three weeks from now. My pr- official prediction right now will be that Martindale will be the guy. Um, and, and we don't know what his preferences are and, and what he thinks of Sam Darnold as a player. I, I do think a head coach's input matters. But when you look at this draft, what do you think Joe Douglas should and, and, and will do when it comes to that first pick? Let's talk about the other ones in just a second. Um, to, to put the Jets on the right path, do you keep Sam Darnold and build around him? Do you trade down and, and build around him? Um, when I said keep Sam Darnold and build around him, I, I, I meant take Penny Sewell, the offensive tackle, the generational talent outside of, of Trevor Lawrence in this draft. Do you trade down and build around Darnold? 
Or do you do you take a guy like Wilson and Fields, who we've, we've, we've studied a little bit over this past week and are very intriguing. I, I know what you're going to say, but maybe break it down as to why, um, for the Jets' sake, they should definitely invest in a rookie quarterback. Yeah, I think for me, definitely right now, I'm all aboard um, taking a quarterback at number two, not trading down, not taking Sewell, but taking the quarterback right there. I think it's so important for you have a new, entirely new coaching staff coming in. You have Douglas entering his second season with, again, a lot of cap space, ability to make moves, a lot of draft picks. I think it's important specifically because of the coaching staff to reset that rookie contract, get him in, get the timelines matched up. I don't, I'm not a fan of the idea of having Douglas going into his second season, head coach on his first season, Darnold on his fourth season, all these timelines out of place, get everything synced up, get everyone on the same page and make it clear where the team is at, where they're supposed to be right now, where they're supposed to be next season. Instead of all these clashing timelines, I think it's just the Jets have kind of been on that boat for a while now. You had Darnold his first year, then you had Gase the second year, then you had Douglas a few months after Gase comes in. Nothing's ever been synced up. The Jets have a chance now to restart, get everything fresh and lined up, get this rookie contract in here because Darnold is going into his fourth year. That fifth op- fifth year option is not going to get picked up. It's supposed to be around 25 million, which you obviously can't do. And so he's just going to be on a one year deal basically. And then you have a decision to make after this year. And he hasn't shown you nearly enough this season to, you know, I don't think he's done enough to Warren, even at the second pick uh, being able to have the jets decide to keep him um, because first two seasons he was very promising i wrote literally a hundred reasons to believe in him going into the season i was very high in him because you know both of these first two seasons about maybe half the time he had these very promising performances where you looked at him and you saw a quarterback who could be really good if his support were better and he didn't get much better support this season but he also got much worse individually those elite performances he's had none of them this season whereas first two seasons even despite the support, he was having those games. He had his Giants, his Raiders, Cowboys games, his Texans, Packers, Lions, Broncos, Colts, Bills, so many good games those first two seasons. This year, at his best, he's been a game manager. Even in this game against the uh, the game they just won against the Browns, five and a half yards per attempt, that's bad, even though he had two wide-open touchdowns, two drop picks, fumble touchdown that was called back incorrectly. So, at his best this season, he's been a game manager. He hasn't shown nearly as much talent as he did the first two seasons. Seems like the Jets really let him down and failed him. And at this point, he's just a broken quarterback who really needs a lot of time to be fixed. And I don't think that's as enticing as starting over the guy who's three years younger, first year of his rookie contract instead of his fourth, and has a chance to be built from the ground up by this new coaching staff uh, and has this whole rookie contract ahead of him so that's just how and, i see and, it and both both are a gamble and what are you more confident in right uh, at this point sam Darnold reviving his career in year four after all the confidence issues that we've seen the mechanical issues that we've seen everything that you just mentioned and i think that would be maybe the first quarterback in nfl history we're talking a legitimate legitimately good uh fourth season to bounce back from the season that he's had yeah and, or, and that, that's not even hypothetical you look at his passer rating versus league average and the guys who are who have been similar over the first three seasons since 2000 the best he's the eighth coming into this week he had the eighth worst passer rating versus league average over the first three seasons the only guys worse than him 
John Skelton, Blaine Gabbard, Alex Smith, Jamarcus Russell, okay. Geno Smith, right. Joey Harrington, and Brandon Whedon. That is not great company. And out of that whole entire group, the top 21 worst, Alex Smith is the only one who could be considered even remotely good. You have other names here like Bortles, Sanchez, Kyle Orton, David Carr, Chad Henney. It's, it's, there is not an example. Here's what it comes down to. I was rebounded from what Darnold has done. So, and, and I know, I think I know what you're going to say that you're just comparing the risk of Darnold versus number two pick. And whoever you're taking, it's not a guarantee at all. Both of these, whoever you take there, it could flame out just like Darnold did. But I think personally, it's a better bet. And not even considering the contract, that they're better bets than what Darnold has show, shown you to this point. Well, but here's what this comes down to. And in, in this league, you're in the business of winning Super Bowls. And are you more confident that Sam, Dar- like what you just said, the best case scenario? And look, there are always outliers. Maybe Darnold can turn it around and, and go right. back to that player that we thought he could be, that Aaron Rodgers, that Tony Romo type player. But right now, Alex Smith is who he is as a player at his best. Um, are you more confident that Sam Darnold can win a Super Bowl or one of these rookies can win a Super Bowl? It's a gamble. Whether you're taking Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, Trey Lance, or you're rolling with Sam Darnold, it's a gamble. We don't know who it's going to be. But if you're going to take that gamble, play it smart. Go with the guy you can build around on a rookie contract, get a fresh start with the new head coach, um, and you're not going to have to fix. You, you don't, With Darnold, you have to fix him, and he's already a bad, arguably one of the worst NFL quarterbacks in NFL history. A guy like Justin Fields or Zach Wilson, they might come in in their rookie season and be solid. And then you're you know, worried about building him up. Darnold obviously was at that point during his first year and arguably his second year, but he's been broken and you have to build him back up. Guys like Wilson and Fields, they haven't been broken yet. And I just don't think you can be sitting at the number two pick, pass on, on one of those two guys and put yourself in that Tampa Bay situation with Jameis Winston, or that Chicago situation with Trubisky where you're, not good enough to be a Super Bowl contender, but you're not bad enough to get one of those top tier QBs. So I think the choice is pretty clear. And I think that's what Douglas is going to do is take your young quarterback. Well, first of all, get the head coaching hire, right? Decide which quarterback you like the most trade Darnold for some extra assets, use the free agent, all the salary cap space that you have in free agents to build up the core of this roster, the depth, some of the, the, the spots that they're, they're weak at and use the draft to build up that long-term future of this team, which they have a lot of picks this year. I certainly believe in Joe Douglas. Michael, what's your level of confidence, I guess on a scale of one to 10, that Joe Douglas will get this offseason right in your eyes? Um, we've talked about that. There's still plenty of reasons to be optimistic about this team, but now it's it's a little bit more of a, of a gamble. It's not as sure of a thing as, oh, you're going to get Trevor Lawrence and you're going to get a top head coaching candidate. It was easy. It was very cookie cutter. Now it's going to be, you're going to have to make the head coaching hire that's that's maybe not going to be perceived as a home run immediately, especially if it's a guy like Martindale. You're going to have to choose which quarterback you're going to roll with. You're obviously going to get to, like always, get the free agent and, uh, and draft um, acquisitions right. There's a lot more question marks. What's your level of confidence in Joe Douglas just based off what we've seen in, in one year? I, th- I think for me, it's probably slightly above average. I think I'll go with, I think a six is a fair number. I, I don't want to go too high. The Jets have two wins right now. So I, I don't want to be ridiculous, but I, I think I definitely feel above average, mostly because of what Douglas has shown in terms of his talent evaluation. Because if you didn't have anything there, then you'd have question marks. If the Jets are winning because of, you know, just random veteran players who came in, like they're winning because of guys like Frank Gore or, you know, just players who don't really reflect on Joe Douglas, that'd be a question mark, but they are 
and no, the Jets haven't been winning, but the Jets have had players like Quinn Williams, or obviously you didn't pick up Quinn Williams, but Franklin Myers, Bryce Hall, Becton, Mims. You've had guys that he's added play well, and you have, and even though he didn't pick up these guys, you have young core players such as Quinn Williams, such as Marcus May, who obviously is a free agent, but they can franchise tag at the worst. They don't extend him. Um, so there's a lot of core pieces in place that I feel good about. And I think this team is good coaching and good quarterback away from even this season being a six or seven win team. So I think that they're, they're a lot closer than it really seems on the surface. Again, I think with, if you had like, say you had uh, Brian Flores and Ryan Fitzpatrick, the way he's played this season, I think this jets team could have won five or six games this year, which isn't anything amazing, but it's well, definitely they probably should have won fourth. They probably should have won four at this point, considering they right and, and, and they Patriots easily and... could have won a few more, even the way they did play. So and, and and not to get to this point now where like, oh, we won two games, let's start counting all the games we should have won. We're this secretly amazing team. But the Jets, if they were better coached and quarterbacked, I think they could have easily won a few more games because there are a lot of pieces here. So I do feel confident in Douglas and what he's shown us in terms of his evaluation, his connections around the league and the pieces that are in place on this roster right now. So what about you from zero to 10? Yeah. You know, I want to be different. A seven. Okay. I'm going to go with okay. a seven. I think I, I actually, I feel, I trust Joe Douglas. That's what it comes down to. I don't feel like the jets have an idiot in charge. And I may well be proven wrong as the jets have proved me wrong many times. And in some cases proved me right, but normally for the, for the, the, the worse, um, I believe in Joe Douglas and I think that he's going to get this head coaching hire, right? I think it may be a guy like Martindale. I think it's going to be somebody who might not be super popular, like Matt Campbell, or Eric Bienemy. Jeez. I finally got that name, right? Um, I think it might be a guy like Martindale or hell, even an Arthur Smith, somebody who's going under the radar. And I think that might be a, a secretly good hire for the jets. And then I, I think he's going to get this QB, uh, pick right I, I trust his ability in the draft and free agency i like joe douglas i believe in him there's just a lot more question marks and even if you have a great gm who makes on the surface the right decision the nfl is is always a gamble you know the, the jaguars objectively the right decision is to take trevor lawrence but trevor lawrence could go out and blow his acl in his first game and never be the same player and that was just something that was outside of the gm's control even if it was the right pick so there's just so many different variables spot or excuse me on the spot though michael i want you to say right now so i think it's our last podcast of 2020 it is our last podcast of 2020 who will be the head coach and the quarterback of the 2021 new york jets right now it's december 27th when we're recording this what's your official prediction all right on the spot i think i'll go with wink martindale and zach wilson that's what i'm feeling i i, I think you kind of have me on that train i if i thought through it a little bit more analyze it a little bit deeper there might be other more possible names that come up but just because of that baltimore connection you've been convincing me a little bit that that's the most likely one i think that's where i'll go and then in terms of quarterback i think i think if fields plays well in this next game he could really bump his stock up in the offseason will be huge combine interviews all that stuff will be massive for two guys who seem pretty close right now but Right now, I lean Wilson, but Fields could definitely work his way back into it. But I'll go with Martindale and Fields right now. How about you? Ready for this? Are you ready for this, Michael? I'm ready for this. This podcast is about optimism. I'm gonna give some. I'm gonna give the people what they want, which is some optimism. Ready? Arthur Smith and Zach Wilson. There we go. I like I th- it. I, 
I think Arthur Smith and Zach Wilson would be a match made in heaven. I, I, I did tweet in October that if the Jets lost out on Trevor Lawrence, that Greg Roman and Justin Fields is not a bad consolation prize. We've seen what Greg Roman's been able to do with mobile quarterbacks throughout his career. I think that actually is a possibility as well. Not just Martindale, but Roman. I think they'll both get interviews. But Arthur Smith, I stand by what I said back in September. If he gets in that room with Joe Douglas, I think he can convince him that, that he's the right guy to, to lead this team. If Arthur Smith wants this job and he can get that interview, I, I do believe the Jets will make the right, the right hire. Um, I really believe it. I think, I think Arthur Smith has is a legit chan- uh, chance um, to win this head coaching uh, position. Obviously, Martindale makes the most sense from a connections to Joe Douglas standpoint. But I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to what I said in September. I think it's gonna be Arthur Smith and and, and Zach Wilson, who I think is actually a better fit than Justin Fields in Arthur Smith's offense. I, um, I mean, can you imagine if they do hire Arthur Smith, how happy we're gonna be? Yeah, I mean, we've been we'll we, completely yeah. forget about Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, if, if we were right on Arthur Smith, I mean, my, my only so my only concern with Arthur Smith and Zach Wilson is that Arthur Smith looks like Adam Gase's cousin, and. <laughs> And Zach Wilson looks like a baby-faced elf, but outside of that, I'm feeling pretty good about the. If, if they can do, look, it's just kind of the theme of what we're saying. They have to make decisions now that they otherwise weren't really going to have to make. Um, but I, I have a lot of faith in this. I would say a seven out of ten, Michael, is, is how I'm feeling that Joe Douglas is going to get this right. Um, obviously, a lot to look forward to. Um, the Jets somehow winning two games when it doesn't matter and and making it a lot more complicated, but. Maybe in, in some ways a lot more interesting to see what Joe Douglas is going to do. His back is against the wall. He's going to have to, to, to map out the Jets' future and, and turn this team into a, to a winner, which is what he set out to do when he first got here. Michael, any last topics you want to cover before we get out of here? Any last words of optimism you want to leave the people with after the Jets have broken our hearts one more time? Yeah, I, I definitely feel really good, and I think anyone listening should also feel good. There's really no reason – to feel negative if you choose to be a fan that's that's what you do you ride with the highs and the lows but you always find a way to feel optimistic and a reason to get up each morning and feel good about your team and and that's what i do for the most part so i look at the dolphins what they did last season went into the year well the jets didn't come into this season looking like they were going to tank but the dolphins did and they looked awful and then they kind of turned it around showed some promise in the latter half of the season and then they made some free agent moves that worked out. Obviously, they had Flores going into last season, but again, you nail the head coach pick. You find you develop your own talent. Just hit on some free agent moves. It, this is a quick turnaround league. There's only 16 games in each season. It's a sport where you could easily win a lot more games than you could just based off of fluky things like turnovers, red zone. It's a very easy sport to turn around quickly. It does not have to take years for you to get back into it this is a team that has a lot more talent than two wins and it's just been hidden beneath a lot of other issues mostly head coach and quarterback so if they can hit that head coaching higher if joe douglas is as good as i think he has kind of shown us he could be so far if they can nail that quarterback pick in addition to the head coach this team could definitely turn around and then again free agency you have so many draft picks they have a lot of ammunition to turn this around quickly. You have Douglas making the decision on the head coach to actually work with him instead of last time around the whole mess with Gase and McCagnan. You'll have Douglas picking his head coach or at least involved in it. Hopefully he's picking it himself. There are a lot of reasons to feel good. This is 
a, a sport where it's not hard to turn it around quickly. And the Jets have a lot of weapons to really overhaul this team in terms of cap space, picks, fresh start. They have a lot of talent in the roster. I feel good. I feel good. It, you have to actually hit your shots at the dartboard, but they do have a lot of shots at the dartboard and they have a lot of pieces to work with already. So I feel good. I do. All right. Well, now that we're done lying to ourselves, no, I'm sure. <laughs> Um, it wouldn't be, you know, it's our last podcast of 2020 and we're talking about the New York Jets for God's sake. So Michael, what is your nightmare scenario for how Joe Douglas handles this offseason? Being realistic, don't just say that, you know, they are, they keep Adam Gase. So I'm saying, you know, let's say they, they fire Adam Gase. What is your, your nightmare scenario for how Joe Douglas handles this, this offseason? And just keep in mind, you may say something here and then we might go back and look, this might be what Joe Douglas does and maybe it works out. You just never know in this league, but what would you avoid at all costs if you were Joe Douglas this offseason? Yeah, I think the easy answer for me, and, and look, I'll preface it by saying it could work out. It's There's a non-zero chance that it does actually turn out to be a solid decision, but I think for me it's sticking with Sam Darnold in any way. I, I just think I, I love the guy. I wanted him to be good. I really thought he would, but just objectively the way he's played on film this season – I mean, I've, I've graded every single play of his career, watching his all every single play in all 22 multiple times. And he's just far, far away from the player he was even in 2019 and as a rookie. So I, I just don't think he's, I would have major doubts about Douglas's uh, ability to evaluate or, or whoever the head coach that they bring in who makes the decision to do this as well. Um, if they decide to stick with Darnold over... Yeah. Do you have One a nightmare quarterbacks? Do you have a so, nightmare head coaching hire? Realistic, I, realistic head coaching hire. I, I guess Jim Harbaugh would be in terms of the guys who might actually be involved. I, I guess he would be it just in terms of a big name guy who doesn't really have a lot to go off of in terms of his recent body of work. Didn't really develop quarterbacks or offense at Michigan. They're disappointing. Uh, went down poorly in San Francisco at the end there. And he was kind of winning with talent that was there already, even when he was winning. So, so, so what you're Harbaugh. saying is, so, so what you're saying is our expectation is Zach expectation Wilson. is Harbaugh and keeping. No, 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 no. Our expectation is uh, Zach Wilson and Arthur Smith. And reality is Jim Harbaugh and Sam Darnold is what you're telling me. Yeah, exactly. I think that's 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 really no, and that's, that's kind of a scary scenario because I could totally see the Jets actually doing that. So, um, but what what is what is your nightmare head coach and uh, one off season move? Okay, Marvin Lewis would probably be the the nightmare okay. head coach, and that sounds like kind of out of the left field. I think Marvin Lewis could still be a good head coach. I think he's certainly better than maybe the way we perceive him. It's one of those things where they could hire him and he could end up being good. But I'm just not interested in hiring a what is he 60 62 doesn't have a single playoff win obviously he's one of the best defensive coordinators um around but and and he took a poverty franchise in cincinnati and made him somewhat respectable but i just i think the jets need to go a little bit bolder with their head coaching hire there's a connection to douglas so that kind of worries me i'd be fine with him as a, de- uh, a defensive coordinator though um so i would say marvin lewis's head coach um yeah probably sticking with darnold at at quarterback but you know, I, I think it's more likely than maybe what you think that they stick with Darnold. Uh, but I agree with you that I just think it's it's just not the right move. Um, yeah, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going not ruling the, it out. But I, I mean, I, I guess I, just I, the biggest thing is it, it Douglas didn't draft him and you'll have a new head coach who probably will be much more 
probably much more enthused by the idea of picking his own guy than fixing someone else's mess. Right. That's just how I see it. But I've, I've happen, completely, I've completely pivoted in the last hour from Trevor Lawrence to Zach Wilson and Arthur Smith. If the Jets make those two things happen, I'll be quite happy. Um, and and Michael, I, I I don't mean to say anything. If the Jets hire Arthur Smith, I don't know if I'll be able to handle the 50 tweets a day you're going to get that Michael Nania called it in an article. <laughs> yep, it was it was all me. <laughs> I, I wrote the entire article. I shouldn't have had you edit it. You just you nanified it up, and then it, and then it was just it's you know. I'm I, guessing I feel I feel so right bad because it's your masterpiece. No, I'm just but joking. then people will say that I did it. But I always make sure to point them to the the true artist. Yeah, because you're you're a good you're a good guy. Let's be honest, you're Michael. But in addition to Arthur Smith, though, just getting this out there, Brian Dable or Robert Sala, I'd also be quite hyped about. Um. So yeah, let us know your thoughts in the comments or tweet us. What do you think the Jets should do at quarterback? What do you think they should do at head coach? Kind of what's your dream pairing? Um. And and we'll make sure to respond as many as possible. Exciting times for the Jets, even though it's it's somewhat disappointing. There's still a lot to change over the next 12 months, and, and I'm excited to see what Joe Douglas does because I do have a lot of faith in him. Um, you can follow this podcast at CYJPod on Twitter. You can follow us um, at Ben W. Blessington and Michael underscore Nania. You can find this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Jets X Factor, which is the best place to go for Jets content if you're looking to see Zach Wilson versus Justin Fields. Um, broken down if you're looking to see Michael Nania's reasons to be optimistic if you're looking to see Joe Blewett's film breakdowns or Robbie Sabo's general geniusness um, make sure you check out jetsxfactor.com we're sponsored by Manscaped use the code coolyourjets for 20% off and free shipping Michael any last words the night is darkest just before the dawn but I promise you the dawn is coming is that that was Harvey Dent right that was me well, I, I don't mean to say anything. completely Harvey, did, original. Didn't Harvey Dent get his, like, half his face blown off, like, 10 minutes later? Yeah, we'll forget about that, though. <laughs> we, we don't need context. We don't need context. All right. Well, everybody, hopefully the Jets didn't ruin your Sunday or your life. Hopefully everybody had a good holiday. Let's hope 2021 is a hell of a lot better than 2020, not just for the Jets, but in real life as well. Zach Wilson, Arthur Smith, that's the hope. Pass the war quickly. See you next week. Down to six seconds. Car going down again. And it's Quentin Williams this time for the Jets. The middle in the air picked off. Brian Poole to the end zone. Touchdown. Hunter to beat and the punter brings him down. Brayden Mann saved a touchdown most likely. Looks right. Fires a bomb down the right sideline again for Mims. What a catch by Denzel Mims.